Hi, this is Kiko Mabilog and you are listening to Workaholic, a podcast that helps professionals escape burnout and experience growth in their careers. Thanks for joining us today. Hey everyone, you are listening to Workaholic with Kiko Mabilog, a podcast that's dedicated to helping professionals escape burnout and experience growth in their careers. Today we're talking about a topic that has been circulating a lot um, on social media and all across the internet. It's being talked about in offices, in workplaces, amongst friends, and amongst colleagues as well. And you've probably heard this term, quiet quitting. Quiet quitting has become uh, the center of attention all across the professional world. And you know, there's a lot of people who are joining you know this this movement of quiet quitting and for good reasons right um and for for good intentions as well i believe that many if not all things really um not all things but a lot of things really do stem out of good intentions and you know quiet quitting if you haven't heard of the term it's it's basically this movement where where people are determining and deciding to give the bare minimum at work uh, and that is you know it's it's manifested in different ways it can manifest in sticking to a job description or being strict with your working hours and a lot of you know a lot of very reasonable decisions in order to create more work-life balance for them and to avoid you know having companies and bosses and managers overstep uh, you know boundaries and I'm a very big believer in boundaries and you know the importance of boundaries in the workplace you know as a as an employer and as someone who is quote-unquote employed uh, by by our clients as well in Blockland Strategy our company company that we work with and definitely of course for instance if you message me you know in the middle of the night uh, I will definitely not respond and I definitely can't because I'm probably asleep uh, you know they're uh, you know going beyond contract and things like that uh, I get that those are important things but there was uh, a time basically when all of the quiet quitting conversations came about that I started to notice that not all parts of this movement uh, are are good and before you bash me and cancel me, I hope that you give me the opportunity to to put up my case. Definitely, number one disclaimer, I am not saying that quiet quitting is a bad idea because there are also aspects to quiet quitting that are important. But I'm also not fully convinced. And, you know, a lot of this is really just personal opinion and, um, you know, based on personal values that I've operated on, you know, as a consultant and as an employer myself, and as an employee myself in, in at some level. But, you know, I mean, when, when quiet quitting came about, I, I started to notice that there were two groups of people. There were the people who understood, once again, boundaries, and how boundaries are important for you to keep work-life balance. But I also started seeing, you know, the other side of quiet quitting, where there was a lot of hurt, there was a lot of... Um, mistrust towards managers and i'm not you know not trying to you know point the finger and say that these people are bad they're bad professionals and all of that but it's definitely not coming from a good place you know the question that i want to really throw out here 
with this conversation is this. Is quiet quitting really the best idea or the best course of action for you today? And I know that if you're listening to this, all of our contexts are different. You might work in a different industry. You might be in a different work position. You might be the manager. You might be, you know, the person under the manager. Uh, and, you know, it's not really um, a one-dimensional answer. And by listening to this, I hope that you start to draw up your own conclusions based on, you know, some some observations that that I want to share based on, you know, I- industry news and, and, you know, things that other experts have said as I continue to really dig down deep into the idea of quiet quitting. Now, there are a couple of things that I want to make clear from the onset. I'm making a lot of things clear, obviously, just to make sure that we, we frame this right. But let me just clarify a few more things. Number one, there is definitely nothing wrong about sticking with a job description. I am a firm believer in job descriptions. You know, uh, as a consultant and when I coach and consult for clients who want to fix, you know, the people systems in their organizations, that's one of the first things that I, I ask management to do which is to ask their employees what are their job descriptions, what are their primary job descriptions, what are they supposed to do, and what are they not supposed to do, or what are they doing now that you know is ad hoc and should probably you know, be transitioned out of their task list in the near future. There's nothing wrong about sticking with the job description. There's also nothing wrong with wanting work-life balance. If you're saying that uh, I work for a boss, and um, my work hours from the very beginning, it was clear that it's 8 to 5, but this boss is requiring me to stay up till 7 or 8 without overtime pay. Definitely, there is something wrong with that picture. And it's definitely not you. It's definitely your employer. Now, there, are nothing, there is nothing wrong wanting to stick with the job description and wanting work-life balance. However, what I have seen in, in many people today as they decide to quiet quit is that it's not just those two things that are the the uh, the motivators the drivers to quiet quit sometimes people quiet quit because they hate their job other people are quiet quitting because they work with or for people that they don't respect and some people quiet quit because it comes from a place of entitlement and these three motivators definitely need some introspection. Because if you're quiet quitting today because you're in a job that you hate, or if you are working with people who are toxic, or if there's a sense of entitlement here, then quiet quitting definitely will not solve the problem. And all of this really stems out of this, this uh statistic that I've thrown around many times in the past about how such a big majority of the workplace today are filled with people who are disengaged in the workplace. They're working jobs that do not resonate with them. They are in uh, work positions or, or they have job descriptions where it's not aligned with their strengths and their and their passions. And they're working for people who or or companies where the the personal values and the company values just clash so much and you've heard me say this many times before that these are the perfect recipes for organizational disaster and for 
unfulfillment and unhappiness in the workplace. And so people who are resulting to quiet quitting because they feel disengaged in the workplace, I think that it's just a band-aid solution that might make you feel good in the short term to the midterm, but in the long term, it will just make things worse. You see, there is a time for us to quiet quit. And there's really just a time for us to quit. You know, if if you're in a job that you don't love, if it doesn't uh, resonate with you, then maybe it is time for you to, to transition out into a different job. Now, I'm not saying that you turn in your resignation today and you walk out tomorrow and, you know, whatever happens, then, then let's face that. I mean, whatever comes, then that's it. Now, I mean, there is a smart way to go about this. You know, start to job hunt even before you turn on in your resignation letter. Make sure that you have a financial net before you, um, you know, resign from your job. And, and, you know, all of those things that make these decisions a bit wiser. But one thing I do really want to stress with this conversation is this. That quiet quitting is but, uh, you know, the tip of the iceberg in this big issue that we're facing today where people are disengaged in the workplace simply because they are in the wrong place, they're working with the wrong people, or they are not in the right culture. Now, that doesn't always say that, you know, your job is, you know, the villain of your story. Sometimes there's just, you know, a cultural mismatch. And and uh, I've seen cases like that in in the work that I do. And I've experienced that as well, where I was part of companies where they weren't bad people. It wasn't a bad company, but the values were just not aligned. Now, in times like this, when there is disengagement at work, being there to give the bare minimum is not just doing a disservice to your employer. It's not just giving a disservice to your clients. It's also giving a disservice to you. Now, again, I'm talking about quiet quitting in the context of staying in a job that you hate, working for people you don't respect, and you know, working in a job where there is entitlement in the picture. If you're here and you're saying, I'm quiet quitting because I want to stick to the job description, want work-life balance, then, then go do that. But if it's those other three things, then I want to really ask you this question. Is it really worth it for you and for your employer to keep this relationship? Because the person most damaged by these problems isn't your employer. It's actually you. Because you're in a job that you hate. I mean, if you realize today that you can, you know, try to push back your happiness to retirement. But if you're 30, 35 years old today, that's 25, 30 years, probably even 40 plus years ahead of you. And are you willing to live in misery for the next three to four decades just so that you can have a taste of one or two decades of happiness in the future? I don't think it makes sense. What really makes sense is to find a job where you have a sense of passion, you have a sense of purpose, you, you feel that your strengths, your proficiencies are being practiced, and you're around people where, where you have healthy relationships. And that, my friends, is what I believe every single professional should shoot for. Now, am I saying it's easy for us to find that? Definitely not. Am I saying that your next job will be the perfect job? I, I'm just not so sure. But you owe it to yourself to find a job where quiet quitting becomes unnatural for you. You see, the people who 
who you see are not quite quitting today are people who go the extra mile not because they have to, but because they love to. They go the extra mile for their co-workers. They go the extra mile for their clients. They go the extra mile for their families. Or they go the extra mile for other people because it makes sense to them. Have you found a job that does that? I like what the CEO of a company called Lensa uh, said. He he coined the term loudly persisting, which is uh, in some way or another the, uh, the opposite of quiet quitting. It means to encourage their staff to speak up and actually to actually listen to them. And this moves to the second part of you know my my conversation about quiet quitting. If you feel like you're disengaged at work, quiet, you know, quitting isn't the only, isn't the final solution. And so before you even turn in the resignation letter, one thing that you should do, I, I recommend that you do, is that you talk to your you know your employer talk to your manager and try to set certain boundaries we we live in this culture where we think that it is a taboo for us to express our frustrations to our managers and um i've been i've been on both ends of this equation i've had people who did not communicate to me as an employer uh, certain problems which i was blind to and a lot of that of course was my fault not theirs but and I, I couldn't fix the problem and there were also times where i was you know at the other end where i had to speak to a boss or or a or um or a leader above me and and i couldn't and it it just allowed you know that frustration to fester within me but loudly persisting basically it's building this culture where you have the opportunity to speak up to people in authority where you have the ability to to tell uh, your employers, your bosses, your supervisors, how you feel about your job description, about your working hours, about your benefits, the the salary that you receive, and try to find you know a win-win situation. There, there's just this this clout around uh, false harmony that tells us that as long as we are avoiding conflict in the workplace, that is much much better. And I'll just quiet quit, you know, to to offset the false harmony. But we owe it to ourselves to actually start to start a conversation. And employers here today are when when those conversations are started, whether you start it or the people, you know, under your management start it, do we actually listen? You know, there's this the coin that term that's being coined in, in human resource called employee voice. And a lot of companies, a lot of businesses are starting to see the importance of employee voice. Employee voice is, you know, it's giving your people in your organization the voice, the ability, the opportunity to share how they feel about certain things in the company. You know, the way that they're treated, the culture that they have, the goals that the company are setting, uh, everything. You know, giving your people the opportunity to actually voice out what they feel because i think that when organizations are in a position to interact and inter inter exchange more you know across the organizational chart we will find that it really improves employee and workplace engagement and maybe just maybe when we do that we will start to see a place where quiet quitting is still there 
you know, I mean, again, once again, I mean, I, I am all for keeping job descriptions and wanting work-life balance. But I think that people will not have problems with loudly persisting or with actually going the extra mile when they want to. Employees today, if you're listening to this and you're saying like, what do I get out of this? Well, once again, let me just echo a few things. Number one, you you, you owe it to yourself to find a job, job that you love so much that the extra mile is no longer a burden. Do you always have to go the extra mile? Definitely not. Do you do you owe it to your employer to go the extra mile? Definitely not. Is the extra mile ever expected? Definitely not. Should you sell your soul for 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 your company? Definitely not. But you have to find something that makes you come alive. I always reference back to this quotation from Howard Thurman. He said this, "Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it." Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Friends, today, if you are quiet quitting, let me ask you this question. Is your job making you come alive? Because when you put together a strong job description, healthy work-life balance, and a whole lot of passion, and a whole lot of coming alive in the workplace, that is the perfect formula for you to find a job that is no longer just a career, no longer just employment, but it's actually a calling. I hope that this conversation has provided you with some motivation, some clarity, some inspiration. And I hope that we start this conversation more. Again, when I, I really want to say this. I'm not saying that I'm 100% sure that I'm right in this. I'm still studying this and I'm still, still trying to see how we can apply this quiet quitting conversation in my conversations with our clients, with this podcast, and you know people that, that I've been conversing with in the workplace. And if you have thoughts, I would love to hear them. Feel free to reach out to me. Uh, feel free to disagree. I would really love for us to, you know, to start that conversation. And I hope that we'll see you in the next episode. And for the meantime, I hope that you find something that you love so much and that you continue to escape burnout and experience growth in your career. See you next time.